I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Out here on the range, what I say goes. But also, what you say goes. It's high noon for Thursday, February 18th, 2021. Follow the podcast on Gavin Parlor at I'm Your Moderator. Or on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator. Or join the discussion thread at t.me slash be reasonable discussion. It's a Thursday. And I haven't done any self-promotion this week. So if you feel like taking two minutes, I would love it if you gave me a five-star rating on the good old Apple podcast app. And left a review. The reviews are always nice to read, except when some commie is mad. And then they're not as nice to read, but usually good for a laugh. And what else? Well, share the show with a commie, a redeemable commie, or even a patriot. Because every single brain on the verge of waking up is one great asset to America. So it is the 29th full day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president, Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party to the point where he has no problem chalking up the fact that they have 2 million Muslim Uyghurs in concentration camps as a difference in cultural norms. He's also the patriarch of one of America's worst families. And by far its most corrupt, he's also the father of one of the world's most despicable children, Hunter Biden. Where is Hunter And where is his laptop, which was formerly Russian disinformation, but has now returned to the physical realm in the exact state it was in before it became Russian disinformation. So congratulations, commies. You figured out how to move stuff in and out of reality. Do you do it with a ray gun? That's what I want to know. Give me the patent to your ray gun. All right. Let's update some recent stories. There's a little piece in the Hollywood Reporter from a couple days ago about Gina Carano. And I missed this until just a few minutes ago. And... The article is what you would generally expect, but there is a very interesting paragraph where they quote a crisis PR rep named Judah Engelmeyer or Mayor Engelmeyer. If you don't know what crisis PR is, I'll tell you. I know what crisis PR is because it exists in Hollywood and I bet it exists in Washington, D.C., And maybe New York City, you know, anywhere that bad people do bad things, but need the public to believe that they didn't do bad things. Or occasionally there is a legitimate dirty lie out there that's destroying someone's reputation unfairly. And crisis PR can be very beneficial when that situation arises as well. But here's what Judah Engelmeyer says. Judah Engelmeyer Smith. I wonder if that's her name too. 
I don't know what people at Disney personally believe or don't believe with regard to politics, but as a corporate entity, they want to stay as trouble-free as possible. And anything that's going to offend the left is a problem. I have clients who are making an extraordinary effort to post what the social left wants to see. Well, there we go. People think that I'm making this shit up about celebrities being paid to post political ads or celebrities posting their little black squares because they're told by their agents and managers to do it. Celebrities representing a political point of view that they clearly do not hold. And here you go. This is The Hollywood Reporter, a professional crisis PR rep telling you exactly what I tell you. And our statements about this issue line up because I knew what I was talking about and wasn't lying. Isn't that amazing? This is the sort of information you just know if you have friends in the entertainment business or you have worked in businesses that support their image. And I have done those things. And you might say, hey, isn't it kind of bad that people with massive platforms are lying about the most important issues of our day to enhance their image and increase their prospects for fame? And I would say, well, yeah, yeah, it is. In fact, I don't know what's worse, being a useful idiot or being a legitimate communist who actually believes the awful shit they're posting. And I'm talking about people like Alyssa Milano and Mark Ruffalo and Sophia Bush, these people who made a big effort to publicize, for instance, the Lincoln Project. Are they coming out with statements about how they disavow their support or about how they might want their money back since they donated to an organization that lied about who they are, lied about what their motivations were, lied about where their money was coming from, and lied about politics all while covering up for pedophilia, sexual harassment, and corruption. Where are the Hollywood stars on that issue? If we lived in a normal society, they would actually be hiring crisis PR for this issue. But instead, they're just ignoring it because, again, no one's going to hold them accountable. Most of us don't actually give a shit enough to go online and start ranting and raving and trying to get these people canceled. Also, cancel culture blows. And their people aren't going to do it because they actually don't care that the Lincoln Project was bad. The the Lincoln Project was useful to them. And now that Trump, quote unquote, lost the election, they don't need the Lincoln Project anymore. And yeah, of course, the Lincoln Project was going to go on and continue manufacturing really malicious, dishonest, awful ads, but now on political issues or to attack specific people who are no longer Donald Trump. But who cares, right? Everybody's just going to say that their heart was in the right place. It's all about intentions on the left. At least when they do something wrong. Well, I was trying to do something really good. Well, that's interesting because you did a fucking piss poor job of it. So are you incompetent? Well, no, 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 I'm not incompetent. It's just that the situation was beyond my control. Oh, really? So you didn't know who was running the organization? Well, no, I mean, I know I knew who was running the organization, obviously. That's why I donated to them. Those were the the good Republicans that were going to help us win. Oh, got it. So the fact that they did your bidding makes them 
good Republicans. And then you can easily disavow them when you find out that they were covering up for a pedophile and a creep and also stealing money from the organization that people donated. Then they're bad Republicans and you can get rid of them. Of course, I said this is exactly what was going to happen with the Lincoln Project, what, nine months ago? What could be more obvious than these grifting losers trying to find a niche right in the middle between psychotic, never Trump, fake Republicans and psychotic leftists, which is the entire left. Although the fringes of the left don't give a shit what the Lincoln Project says. So they're actually off the hook on this one. It's really just the Obamis and Romneys who supported the Lincoln Project. In fact, if there was a face of the Obamis and Romneys, it would be the Lincoln Project. But now let's turn to actual communists and the state media. Here's an article by a woman named uh, Jill Filipovich. This is in CNN Opinion. Biden shows he is the voice of presidential sanity. This is from yesterday. On Tuesday night, President Joe Biden joined CNN's Anderson Cooper for a town hall in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The conversation spanned everything from immigration to white supremacist violence to student loan debt to COVID-19. And Biden struck a markedly different tone than his predecessor. He was polite and empathetic. He was thoughtful, if at times a little rambling. There were no fireworks or insults. It was relatively boring television and reflective of much better governance. This is no different than North Korea's state media saying that Kim Jong-un shot a full round of golf and scored an 18. 18 holes in one, or is it 18 hole in ones? Dunno. But after four years of a reality television presidency, will Americans, not to mention our news media, pay much attention? Four weeks into his presidency, Biden is governing exactly as advertised, with competence, humanity, and moderation. This is comical. There is nothing competent about what Biden is doing. He isn't speaking competently. His policies are absurd. And his press secretary has no idea what the administration's position is on anything. Humanity. Well, he just said that the genocide and internment of 2 million Muslim Uyghurs in China reflects a different cultural norm. Well, if that's how you see it, Joe, then what you're saying is it really reflects the same cultural norm. Right? Isn't that it? I mean, you are, Joe, the single most compromised president or maybe even public official in American history. You are one step away from being known only as a traitor. That's how corrupt Joe Biden is. But yes, humanity and moderation, moderation. Now, well, that's quite interesting. Usually moderation is measured by your ability to find a midpoint between two opposing points of view. Has he done that? In any way has Joe Biden shown even the inclination to do that? No, of course not. Joe Biden has signed 40 plus executive actions. Thank goodness he is actually an illegitimate president so that these actions can simply be overturned as if they never existed. Joe Biden is a walking national security threat. This is insane. 
That's at times frustrating to those of us who think the country needs to see big systemic change, especially after a pandemic that has ravaged the nation. But it's leagues better than the reactionary politics of the Trump administration. This is crazy. Biden has put his foot on the gas for COVID vaccinations, radically ramping up vaccination rates, despite, as he said in the town hall, inheriting a situation where virtually nothing was set up and there really was no plan. Again, absolutely false. Every little claim in this article is false. Biden has put his foot on the gas for COVID vaccinations. No. It would be nice if Biden put his foot on the gas for gas. He's pushing a COVID relief plan that would help the millions of families who have been financially devastated by the pandemic. Once again, no. Those families were financially devastated by the Democrat reaction to the pandemic. As he understands the emotional cost of the pandemic too, and he understands, sorry. During one poignant segment, he comforted a little girl scared of getting sick, telling her, don't be scared, you're going to be fine. And we're going to make sure mommy's fine too. Well, if she's a little girl, she is already fine. And if she is scared of the coronavirus, it's because of creeps like Joe Biden and Anthony Fauci and Andrew Cuomo and every other fucking Democrat and media organization scaring the shit out of her for absolutely no reason because she's not at any risk from the coronavirus. And also, unless her mom adopted her in her 60s or has had some weird extra biological birth, that little girl's mommy is also not at risk. So Joe, the way to make sure they're fine is just to be like, hey, you know what? The science and the data, they both say you're fine. Tell that to the little girl. It was the kind of moment where Biden shines. Yes, Biden just has a natural glow anytime children are around and a moment that would be unimaginable from Donald Trump. Biden also actually answers the questions he's asked and doesn't get mad when questions are asked of him. Well, that's because Biden's questions are asked to him and include the narrative answer that he is meant to provide. Whereas Trump's questions were asked in the narrative manner that sets up false parameters by which Donald Trump is then expected to answer. And Donald Trump disputes the false narrative that is already being set up. But to CNN, that's just mad. People may all not always like the answers, when one woman told him that he needs to forgive at least $50,000 of student loan debt, he responded, I will not make that happen. Instead, going back to the $10,000 forgiveness he promised on the campaign trail. But his responses are at least responsive, not to mention substantive. That's a low bar, but the previous guy didn't manage to clear it. And he's uninterested in even talking about the former president saying, I'm tired of talking about Trump. It's done. It's not. But is everyone else? The problem with radically changing norms of behavior in politics, and especially with making political life crasser and more shocking, no, that's you, psycho, is that it's hard to walk that back and sustain the public's attention. For so many, the Trump presidency was horrible and horrifying. Oh, no! It also garnered clicks and attention, outrage and fandom. Yes, CNN, thank you for explaining your business model. Biden, a normal politician who insists that, quote, the nation is not divided, apart from the, quote, fringes on both ends, is a relief to watch for those of us who spent the past four years in a state of suspended anxiety, 
you fucking crybabies. That is your mental and emotional weakness and deficiency. That is not a problem of the president or the society. It is a problem for you personally, you fucking commie, masky, commie mommy psycho. And who finds basic decency heartening, even if Biden is not the most inspiring politician of all time. Oh, basic decency. That is what we're back to. Basic fucking decency. The sort of decency that says no problem about getting your nine-year-old daughter to shower with you. Right, Joe? The basic decency that says you lie about the circumstances of your first wife's own death. You lie about the circumstances of your marriage and Dr. Jill's marriage when the two of you started your relationship while that dead wife was still alive. That basic decency, Jill Filipovich, is that the basic decency you're referring to? Or is it the basic decency that you have sold your office and used your own brother as a bagman for three decades until switching that over to your son, Hunter, who you have so traumatized in his upbringing that he is now a deranged, degenerate, despicable human being who is addicted to crack and hookers and who has some real fucked up stuff going on with underage girls and also has taken millions and millions of dollars around the world from our foreign adversaries and given it to Joe as he sells off American interests. Is that the basic decency you're referring to, Jill? But Trump turned the presidency into a lewd and shocking display. Ooh, no. Lots of people tuned in just to see what outrageous thing he would say or do, and what beef he would start. Beef? Are you 12? Are you a rapper? No? Then don't say the president is starting beef. God damn it! As if observing the leader of the most powerful nation in the world was akin to watching an episode of, quote, The Real Housewives. Biden has taken on the responsibility of presidential sanity. Literally a man who can't think is the paragon of presidential sanity. We need our media outlets to step up and cover this White House, not as voyeurs obsessed with scandal and conflict, but as interpreters and checks on power who can hold this president accountable and explain what his policies and decisions actually mean for our day-to-day lives. Oh, yes, just like you did last time. And the rest of us need to act in kind and take on the responsibility of good citizenship to engage with politics because politics shape all of our lives and opportunities not to switch on the news for lurid entertainment. Joe Biden has made politics boring again. That's good for the country and it would be good for us to pay attention. This passes for adult analysis of the world. This is utterly insane. Let's move on to update yet another story from yesterday. This is Adam Mill in American Greatness. Is the corporate leftist media rewarding riots? Have you ever wondered how social justice warriors afford lattes and expensive body armor without day jobs? Answers may be found in a recent court filing by the attorney for John E. Sullivan, the BLM-aligned activist charged with participating in and directing portions of the January 6th Capitol incident. Readers will recall that Sullivan, founder of the group called Insurgents USA, recorded himself encouraging the mob to burn the Capitol. He successfully cleared a path for the mob by intimidating two police officers and admitted to smashing at least one window in the Capitol. While so many of those arrested on that day continue to languish in jail with high or even no bonds, Sullivan remains free without bond to frolic on social media and raise money for his aptly named group. The government has accused Sullivan of violating the conditions of his freedom, 
Sullivan's attorney stepped in with a successful bid to undo the conditions he's accused of violating. You see, Sullivan's revolutionary cause is actually his full-time job. Writing for his client, Stephen Kirsch revealed rare inside details about the dirty corporate journalism revolutionary money pipeline. That is quite a sentence that many suspected exists. He wrote, defendant is legitimately self-employed as a documentarian, and it is oppressive to require that he not be allowed to continue his primary area of employment for an extended period of time. Attached to this pleadings are receipts for services documenting defendant's employment. And now we know that these fees are in relation to media companies paying him. And I'm going to go right back to that because the article does. But let's notice here for a second that the claim his attorney makes is that it would be oppression to limit Sullivan's activities in this arena because it is his source of income. They do not give one shit about that principle when it's conservatives who have made their full-time income from Google or Twitter or Facebook or any number of other platforms that they get removed from and censored by. Their financial life, their employment life is not taken into consideration. Mine isn't. I could have made my audience much bigger by now had I been able to speak freely on Instagram. Had I not been shadow banned for my last six or seven or eight months on the platform. Had I not been kicked off completely for telling people to stop updating the app and to get off once the new terms of service went into effect. I was banned for that. And I'm just talking about growth in my audience. There are a lot of people on there who are actually using that platform to generate money. I have not gone that route ever, partly because I hate self-promotion and trying to draw attention to myself. I want you guys, if you like the show, to spread it by word of mouth and get it out there. And I hope that my message is enough for people to want to keep coming back. But I'm not going to advertise, hey, listen to me. But a lot of people perfected that stuff and made a lot of money and their careers got absolutely wiped out. Now, I also have never thought these platforms are stable. And if you set up your business around a platform that can control what you do and say, you either have to comply with their standards or risk your business, which means you need to become anti-fragile and build out other forms of stability. According to the body of the pleading and filed receipts, Sullivan received payments from ABC, NBC, Australian Broadcasting, Left Right LLC, Rocky Mountain Public Media, and CNN. CNN and ABC each paid Sullivan $35,000 for footage he took while encouraging the participants to burn down the Capitol. Left Right LLC paid $5,000. ABC paid $2,500. The pleadings did not indicate how much Australian Broadcasting and Rocky Mountain Public Media paid. Sullivan made all that money from all those sources by recording the mob action he helped lead and encourage. That is almost, just from what they've listed, without all of the money being thrown in. For that one day, the video footage from one, that one day that he staged to make this money and to get people saying certain things, doing certain things, he got all the footage that they wanted. He got paid nearly $80,000 and probably more than that when all the sources are combined. That's more than any person made last year who had their job destroyed by the coronavirus. That's more than anybody got while being forced to sit home on unemployment while their business was deemed non-essential. And this motherfucker gets $80,000 to go do the bidding of our communist state media to make Donald Trump look bad so that they could impeach him in a fake impeachment, a totally fake impeachment. John Roberts was not there. Even if somehow Trump was found guilty, which was an impossibility, it still wouldn't have mattered 
because it wasn't constitutional. It just wasn't. It doesn't matter if senators voted to proceed. Kirsch added, defendant is a decent, honest young man who has been utterly mischaracterized by pleadings filed in this court and comments attributed to him have been taken out of context. There is no reason to conclude he is risk of flight or that he will attempt to obstruct justice. He has promptly appeared for every court appearance in Utah and the District of Columbia, and there is nothing in the record to reasonably suggest that he will not continue to abide by conditions of release. The government seeks unconstitutional and oppressive conditions that defendant respectfully submits should not be permitted by this court. Unbelievable. It's worth remembering that January 6th was not the first violent incident Sullivan helped direct. In July of last year, he organized a protest that resulted in the shooting of a motorist, according to local Utah News. These are quotes. As a protest organizer, John Sullivan is heard and seen as he is promoting protesters to block roadways, keeping motorists from traveling lawfully and freely. Sullivan was also captured on video threatening to beat a woman in an SUV, according to the affidavit, and then kicking her door, leaving a dent. Sullivan was seen with Jesse Taggart, the man charged with shooting the motorist. Throughout the protest, the affidavit states. Here's another quote. As a protest organizer, John Sullivan is heard talking about seeing the shooting, looking at the gun, and seeing smoke coming from it. John did not condemn the attempted murderer, nor attempt to stop it, nor aid in its investigation by police. The Society of Professional Journalists prohibits the practice of paying for access to the news in its code of ethics, which it last updated before the Get Trump era began. The case of John E. Sullivan is a perfect demonstration of why it is needed and the scandal of its being ignored. Otherwise, we create a cash bounty for the kind of mayhem that Sullivan has now monetized into his full-time vocation. As of this writing, I did not locate any disclosure of these payments by the media sources who paid him. It is also noteworthy that the media made a number of these payments after he was criminally charged for the actions depicted in the same video he sold. There's a line between paying for a story and paying somebody for creating a story. Was Sullivan the only paid participant in the January 6th mob? We would never have known about media payments to Sullivan had he not volunteered the information. As noted by Politico, the presiding magistrate again refused to order Sullivan back into custody for his apparent violations of the conditions of pretrial release. In fact, the magistrate relaxed the conditions by, quote, rejecting the broader prohibition on Twitter and Facebook and encrypted social media platforms, end quote, and removing the 24-hour location monitoring via GPS. The magistrate did, however, renew the order prohibiting Sullivan's further work for Insurgents USA and the use of social media to incite riots, violent protests, armed conflict, or violence. Again, as we said yesterday, no one is allowed to do that. So this prohibition on Sullivan's actions is only the prohibition that anyone else already has. And his work for Insurgents USA, Insurgents USA is him, it's his company. So are they just upset with that brand? Could they make it Insurgents CCP? Could he just change the name to that and then run it? How about insurgents BLM? Now there's also a phone recording of John Sullivan, an audio recording, I should say, because you can record video with your phone too. I understand. An audio recording of John Sullivan talking about his father. His father is ex-military. Now, this is from an, uh, an outlet called Shakya. Okay, and I know that everybody likes to play the sources game, but that's a game I and I don't mean to tangent too far here, but I've been meaning to talk about this for a little bit. The sources game has to stop being played. Okay, if you get a source that you don't know, you just go through the article and each factual claim they make, see if you can back it up. Right. Do the same thing with my podcast, by the way. I'm not the news. If I say something that you think is wrong or you don't understand, just look it up. Or you can hit me on Telegram or you can email me 
at heymoderator at imyourmoderator.com. I'll see that. I'm open to feedback and I'm open to being wrong. But arguing that someone's sources aren't proper is very silly and very stupid. Basically, you're asking that person to produce information from one of the sources you trust while knowing that that source is specifically opposed to putting out information that counters their own narrative. That's just like saying basically that you won't believe anything except the thing you believe. And that, again, is our problem. And that's the problem with state media in general, particularly when it's culturally condoned and enforced by censorship. So this Shakya article has links to sources and you can verify the claims. So if you doubt it, that's what you should do. Now, this story is called Indicted Capital Agitator Jaden X is son of U.S. Air Force General caught with loose nukes. This is by Jeff Stevens from January 15th, 2021. With the sketchy cover story that he was making a documentary on the attack on the Capitol on January 6th, John Sullivan was on the front lines of, a seeming, of seemingly every moment of the melee. He was there when Ashley Babbitt was shot. He was there when the guy in the furs and face paint took the deus. He was there when windows were being broken. How did he manage to be everywhere at once? More disturbingly, who is he really? Rolling Stone reports his language was so violent and dangerous that Black Lives Matter voted him out. Certainly no legitimate news company would hire a liability like him. Like so much going on, we have to look at the bigger picture and the darker forces at work. John's father is, quote, retired, unquote, Major General Kevin J. Sullivan of the U.S. Air Force. He was caught in a shady deal transferring nuclear fuses via Taiwan. The official paperwork swept it under the rug and sent him off with a slap on the wrist, forced retirement, in order to keep the incident quiet. It says indecent, that's a typo. But even acting Air Force Secretary Michael Donnelly told NBC News at the time, I cannot ignore the breach of trust. Read this to mean too many people knew about what happened to just keep it secret. Here's another quote. The unleashing of the fuses wasn't discovered until 2008, an aerospace industry analyst with intelligence ties and knowledge of the case told us. Who knows what else he gave away before he was caught and to whom? Our best guess is that Beijing was working to get supplies through to Tehran. Sullivan went on to take a lucrative job brokering military contracts, a typical hush money type deal. Here's how it looks to me, said the analyst. Dad was sidelined. The son was indoctrinated, turned into a Trojan horse for the Chinese. Maybe he thought it was for ideological reasons. At the bottom levels, people often do. But at its core, it almost certainly involved massive amounts of money. So there's John Sullivan's dad. And if you want to guess where those ties lead, the alphabet agencies would be a great place to start. FBI? Almost certainly. It is kind of telling, isn't it, that John Sullivan has now been arrested multiple times for the very things Trump supporters are being accused of, even though it wasn't them, and he's been released two times and not even had his social media taken away because that would be too mean. But sure, we have one justice system that is fair. This is unbelievable. It honestly is. While the taxpayers put the bill for the police officer medical bills, property damage, and added security resulting from the January 6th Capitol incident, corporate media encourages a business model that makes future events, future such events more likely by profit-seeking revolutionaries. Why isn't Sullivan in jail? 
Why hasn't the government confiscated the profits from his mayhem? The incursion into the Capitol helped facilitate the second impeachment of former President Trump. Sullivan follows a long line of lawbreakers who seem immune from consequences for actions that harm Trump. Since 2016, the rule of law seems to have boiled down to one maxim. Hurting Trump is legal. Helping Trump is illegal. It's as simple as that. And that's the end of the article. And that is correct. What's happening right now is unbelievable. It's so hypocritical and so dangerous. These people are fucking playing with fire. And this is what they want. By the way, you have to understand these organizations that are paying a guy like this to coordinate with the Democrat Party and with the deep state generally. They want disruption. They want civil war. Nothing could make them happier. Now let's take a break for some good news. Is it good news out of America? No, it's from Poland. Poland fights big tech with push to block social media censorship. Benjamin Hall, Fox News, yesterday. Social media companies that censor users or remove posts for ideological reasons could soon face fines in Poland in a a world first attempt to curb the power of big tech through legislation. Speaking to Fox News, the architect of the law, Deputy Polish Justice Minister Sebastian Kaleta, said social media companies have for too long been targeting conservatives, Christianity, and traditional values by banning them and removing posts, and the Polish government is saying enough. We see that when big tech decides to remove content for political purposes, it's mostly content which praises traditional values or praises conservatism, he said. And it is deleted under their hate speech policy when it has no legal right to do so. Under the new legislation, any platform that bans a user would face fines of $13.5 million unless the content is also illegal under Polish law. An arbitration committee would be set to oversee disputes. Excellent. Tech companies had reached a point where they were deciding what was legal and what was not, but that was not their role, Coletta says. Freedom of speech is not something that anonymous moderators working for private companies should decide, he said. Instead, that is for the national body, duly elected officials in all industries, car, phones, finance, were unregulated till they grew too large. The same should happen with big tech. He added that the removal of former U.S. President Donald Trump from social media platforms is just another example of big tech overreach and set a dangerous precedent. It's very disturbing because if big tech sees themselves as an organization empowered enough to ban a sitting president of the United States, it sends a message to the world that we can ban anyone wherever we want, he added. Poland spent 45 years under communism, and Coletta says that experience has taught it the value of free speech, and that when the country sees these disturbing new trends towards censorship, the red light goes on. Meanwhile, in India, social media is also being curbed by the government, but in a very different way. Twitter has caved to the demands of Prime Minister Narendra Narendra Modi and removed 500 accounts that were being critical of his leadership during recent protests. Twitter relented after its employees in India were threatened with arrest. So, Poland, a country that has experienced 20th century communism now says that what they're seeing looks like a return to that. So is it extreme when I call these people communists, when I say that what we are entering is Chinese style communism that employs some weird fascist state capitalism as some sort of salve, some sort of veil to cover up what it really is. No, I'm not being extreme. It's fucking true. You can see it happening if you pay attention and know anything about history. Now to the Washington Free Beacon. Michigan removes 177,000 voters from voter rolls after after legal challenge. The Secretary of State had to remove 177,000 inactive voters from the state's rolls. This was already something she had to do a long time ago. Did she do it? Of course not. 
Why didn't she do it? Well, because having 177,000 extra people on the voter rolls allows them to send out and then collect 177,000 unsolicited mail-in ballots. This is happening right now. I was talking about this last May when it first became obvious that the Democrats were trying for universal unsolicited mail-in balloting. This stuff is obviously open to fraud. Any fucking moron in the world can see through this. The people who are saying that this is okay, that this is good, are lying. Either that or they are communists and just want the decisions for the people made by the elites. From the top down, you don't get to decide what your life is like, what your country is like. In fact, you have no input at all. And soon we'll decide where you can bank, what you can buy, whether or not you're allowed to travel. How long until you're not allowed to get access to certain food or live in certain neighborhoods? That, I imagine, is probably already happening in gated communities and HOAs and condos in places like New York City and Los Angeles. They don't want that kind of person here. Can't have that person owning property near my property. But no big deal because they're the tolerant ones. Now let's jump to Texas. Zach Voorhees, who is a uh, Google whistleblower, was tweeting about the electricity issue in Texas yesterday. And he went to ERCOT's website and found out that there is actually plenty of available reserve power to meet the demand of the power they need. There is also some talk that I don't believe yet is confirmed but I'm digging more into this today, that Texas doesn't have power because the federal government wouldn't authorize ERCOT to generate more power from fossil fuels because they have emission standards and the increase in the fossil fuel use would have blown past their very green emission standards, and then global warming would have happened and we all would have died. So they are making sure that people don't use the power that they are now rationing to the people because they are concerned about their environmental policies. This is communist government. This is what less than half the country voted for but enough of them yelled about it that they were able to usurp the White House. All of the people who voted for Joe Biden are responsible for these situations. This is the exact sort of situation that MAGA and America First policy would never allow to happen. This is the goal. And by the way, I'm not saying that nothing like this ever happens with MAGA in charge. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that these are the sorts of issues that MAGA is there to make sure never happen. I don't know how my grammar was in that sense. It felt like it was falling apart a little bit by the end. Someone can check me on it. You don't have to, I'm not actually that interested. I'm just killing time right now while I was pulling up the other article that I wanted to check out before we wrap up today. And this article is from The Federalist, uh, Avita Duffy. This is from yesterday. Infamous Wuhan lab authorized to receive U.S. taxpayer funding, NIH confirms. The National Institutes of Health confirmed Tuesday that the Wuhan Institute of Virology is authorized to receive U.S. taxpayer funding for animal research through January 2024, according to the Daily Caller. The research lab in Wuhan is suspected to have caused the COVID-19 pandemic through an accidental lab leak, or it just was taken out on purpose. 
and has already received $600,000 in U.S. taxpayer funds between 2014 and 2019 to study bat-based coronaviruses through EcoHealth Alliance, a nonprofit organization. EcoHealth Alliance's research of bat-based coronaviruses in China was funded by a $3.7 million grant in 2014 from a branch of the NIH. Guess what branch? The National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. N-I-A-I-D. Who runs that? Anthony Fauci. This was according to the Wall Street Journal. In April, the grant was terminated by the NIH amid criticism over EcoHealth Alliance's relationship with the Wuhan Research Lab. The NIH said in a letter that the nonprofit's work in China did not align with, quote, program goals and agency priorities. Which goals and priorities were those, Dr. Fauci? The goal of no one finding out you paid for this? The NIH told EcoHealth Alliance in July it would restore the grant if the organization met certain conditions, one of which was to arrange for an independent team to investigate the Wuhan Institute of Virology to determine if it had possession of the COVID-19 virus prior to the first known cases in December 2019, as suspected by the U.S. State Department. The president of EcoHealth Alliance, Peter Daszak, told NPR the NIH's conditions were, quote, preposterous. I'm not trained as a private detective, Daszak said. It's not really my job to do that. Oh, so you want the money, but it's not your job to figure out why you can't have the money because your organization is terrible. Got it. Dashak was the only U.S. member in the World Health Organization delegation who, in January and February, investigated the origins of COVID-19 in China. The WHO delegation has yet to release a report on its findings. Dashak, however, told the White House it should blindly accept the delegation's conclusion and said it's highly unlikely the virus could have leaked from the Wuhan lab. Lie. Blatant, obvious lie. CCP propaganda for real. And that is what the Joe Biden fake White House is being led to believe and being told to base policy on. Since January, American intelligence has had evidence that researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology became infected with COVID-like symptoms before the first known cases in December 2019. And while Dashak claims the U.S. Department's findings shouldn't be trusted, State Department, sorry. The State Department also contends that the Wuhan lab has collaborated on, quote, secret projects with the Chinese military. I wonder if there's any crossover between the Anthony Fauci research and the PLA research. Secret projects. Good God. Despite the Wuhan Institute of Virology presenting itself as a civilian institution, the United States has determined that the WIB has collaborated on publications and secret projects with China's military, the department reported. The WIB has engaged in classified research, including laboratory animal experiments on behalf of the Chinese military since at least 2017. The State Department evidence undercuts the main theory pushed by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, NIH, and WHO that the virus jumped from an animal to a human in Wuhan before spreading around the world. China, the corporate media and health officials have dismissed as a conspiracy theory the hypothesis of U.S. intelligence that the Wuhan laboratory caused the COVID-19 pandemic. So China, the corporate media, health officials, the WHO, the CDC, and the NIH are all aligned in their view that it is a conspiracy theory to side with U.S. intelligence over this little conglomerate of communist organizations. Unreal. The Wuhan Institute of Virology still has active foreign assurance on file with the NIH Office of Laboratory Animal Welfare, according to the office, enabling the lab to continue receiving taxpayer funds to carry out animal research. A spokeswoman for the NIH told the Daily Caller that the Wuhan lab's foreign assurance was approved on January 9th, 2019, and is currently set to expire on January 31st, 2024. She did not confirm whether the lab is currently receiving direct or indirect taxpayer funding for research activities. 
EcoHealth Alliance's last known subgrant to the Wuhan Institute of Virology was in May 2019, according to USAspending.gov. EcoHealth Alliance has received a total of $110 million in U.S. taxes to date and even received a $750,000 COVID bailout check. It also received a new $7.5 million grant from the NIH to establish a Centers for Research in Emerging Infectious Diseases. But Dashak claimed in an NPR interview that the funds his organization received from the new grant will not be used for any research in China. Oh, thanks. Anthony Bellotti, president of the nonpartisan watchdog group, White Coat Waste Project, told the Daily Caller that EcoHealth Alliance should be defunded entirely for financing quote, reckless gain of function animal experiments that may have led to the COVID-19 pandemic. We are urging Congress and the White House to defund EcoHealth now and ensure and secure independent investigations into whether their treacherous gain of function animal experiments at the Wuhan Institute of Virology led to the COVID outbreak, said Bilotti. There you have it. We know that the lab was doing reckless gain of function animal experiments and that that work did lead to the COVID-19 pandemic, either being released as a bioweapon or being released through a leak. Either way, this is a scientific debacle of historic proportion, pretending that the science got COVID right is pure fantasy. It is scientism. It is more insane than the most insane religious beliefs that anyone could ever come to believe. This is dorks thinking that they can heal the world through their dorkiness and then imagining once they have stolen enough power to actually influence the world, that they become gods. And that they have the moral justification to be able to bend the will of people and to bend nature to their will. And so they do things like try to make viruses more dangerous so that they are more able to battle dangerous viruses. Did we see any attempt by these people to battle this virus? No, we relied on other dorks who believe they're gods, epidemiologists, people who are not even scientists just combining applied mathematics with an understanding of human nature that they simply do not possess. Is it any wonder how we got into the situation we are in? There is nothing more dangerous in the world than dorks with power and money, especially when they start calling themselves philanthropists. I will be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns do not work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. 
It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!